Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Beat the House with your host here, Justin Everett, uh, episode 89, to close out the week here. Uh, another great show to to get out to you guys. A lot of NBA talk with the NBA trade deadline wrapping up. I'll be sharing my thoughts on the top five trades uh, that went down yesterday, as well as, as, well as going to recap the uh, NBA Thursday action and also going to have an NBA best bet for tonight and fr- uh, for tonight's car on Friday, uh, to get out there, um, as we head into the weekend here for, uh, Super Bowl, uh, is just, you know, right around the corner on Sunday. You know, they had, you know, the NFL honors show where they announced, you know, the season award winners. So I'll be sharing a little bit of my thoughts on that as well and a little bit of the, you know, updated, you know, numbers, you know, for the Super Bowl as we head in, head into, uh, the weekend here. So. Um, before we get into the show, if you haven't already, just a quick reminder to head over to Apple or Spotify and just drop a quick rate and review, uh, subscribe, share the show, uh, help grow the show. It's been going really well here, you know, since we started back in July. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a, a different, you know, type of uh, handicapping to where you may, you know, hear, you know, that you might not hear on the other shows. So. Uh, talk a little bit about everything, you know, from, you know, the important stats, you know, trying to break down games and, you know, develop game scripts, um, you know, predicting numbers with my own models and, and, and numbers and, uh, uh, systems that I use, you know, from some, uh, respected betters that are able to put out there that I have access to, as well as, um, you know, certain trends, you know, that I've, you know, feel are, you know, worth mentioning. A lot of them aren't, you know, you have trends, you know, dating back to, um, you know, maybe five, six years in, you know, certain sports that may be a little bit outdated, you know, cause, uh, you know, the, the way that the game is, is being played today, you know, has changed, you know, from, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago, definitely 15 years ago. So try to look into, uh, you know, trends that, you know, fits, you know, how the game has been played with the rule changes, whether it be in the NFL, NBA, um, and things like that. So, um, you'll hear a little bit about everything, you know, betting splits, um, you know, respected money, moving numbers and things like that. So, uh, try to, you know, form a handicap and, you know, every pick, you know, is documented on my action network page and given out for free. So, you know, hopefully we uh, continue to, you know, keep, you know, uh, keep the hot hand and, uh, on a winning streak, you know, on a, uh, you know, stacking profit and, you know, finding edges, you know, to give out, you know, free winning plays here and uh, let's continue to win and let's continue to grow and build the show. So with that being said, you know, let's jump into the show and let's uh, jump right into uh, sharing my thoughts on the trade deadline. A lot of teams were active, you know, making trades. Uh, the teams were making trades for different reasonings. Um, you know, some teams were making trades to, uh, you know, avoid, you know, uh, you know, avoid the cap and things like that. And you look at the trade between the, uh, the Raptors and, with them sending, you know, Dennis Schroeder, uh, trading him away, um, really didn't make, you know, too much, uh, of a basketball difference between that trade. But the top five trades to me were, you know, teams that, you know, expected to, you know, try to make some noise in the playoffs, some title contenders, um, you know, making some moves here and, uh, some teams that didn't make moves or players that didn't make moves like, you know, the Lakers and the Warriors, uh, the Clippers. They didn't necessarily need to make any moves. They made their big move, uh, you know, four or uh, five games into the season when they traded for James Harden. 
and the way that they're playing right now, um, you know, being, you know, at the tops of the Western Conference and, you know, with the all-star break approaching, you know, those top four teams are going to be, you know, battling it out, you know, for, you know, uh, playoff seeding between one through four when you're talking about the uh, Timberwolves, the Thunder, um, the Clippers, and the Nuggets, who was in action last night. So, um, but I think, you know, the biggest, you know, the team that, you know, grabbed uh, most of the news there at the trade deadline were the Knicks. Um, they had recently, you know, leading up to the trade line, pulled off a big trade for OG and Anobi, um, sending uh, Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett, you know, to the Raptors for OG and Anobi. And they've been playing really great basketball since that trade. I know OG and Anobi has been out, you know, for like the last week and a half or so dealing with some issue with his elbow. And it was reported also yesterday that um, OG Ananobi went through a, a minor procedure to remove some um, some spurs in his elbow and expected to miss a month, but he'll be back. Um, but the trade that they pulled off, you know, yesterday, bringing, you know, Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks, you know, from the, um, you know, from the Detroit Pistons, uh, sending away a package centered around, you know, Quentin Grimes and Malachi Flynn, who they got back in that Raptors trade. Um, but Bogdanovich, he's been a guy that, you know, has been in trade rumors for the last couple of years. I mean, dating back to last year's trade, you know, deadline, I think the Lakers, you know, had rumors that, you know, they were, you know, trying to trade for him. Um, but I guess the trade, uh, package that they were asking back was a little bit too steep and they weren't willing to, to do that. But, the Knicks have a lot of trade assets when it comes to picks and, you know, uh, players, you know, players uh, contracts, um, you know, that they put together a nice package to bring back two really uh, solid players that's going to improve their depth. And, you know, both of these guys are shooting, you know, 40 percent or better, you know, from three. Um, Alec Burks, he was only playing, you know, uh, 20 minutes a night for the Pistons. And he's putting up 12 points, two rebounds and one assist. But uh, he was shooting, you know, forty percent from the field, and uh, you know he be maybe he may play a little bit more, um, you know, than twenty minutes a night for the Knicks, especially while you know OJ and OG and Anobi is out. But you know Bogdanovich was a a, a really good piece to get. You know, he's averaging twenty points on you know forty six percent from the field, forty one percent from three, and he shoots over seventy five percent from the free throw line. So. Um, this team is going to be a, a, a dangerous out, you know, when they're healthy and whole. Um, you know, Jalen Brunson has, you know, played not only all-star level, you know, you know, basketball since the, uh, RJ Barrett and Mayo quickly trade, but he's played like at an MVP level. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the, you know, the top five. Um, you know, get back Julius Randle at some point, as well as OG and Nobi, you know, to add to the mix of, you know, these two players that they just picked up, you know, uh, Yesterday at the trade deadline, I think the Knicks are going to be a, you know, a tough and competitive out. Um, I don't really, I'm not really sure if it puts them in the category of the, uh, of the Celtics, but I think they can be, you know, any, they, they can be any, anybody else other than the Celtics, you know, in the Eastern Conference. And I wouldn't sleep on the Cavs either. You know, they're, uh, since, you know, they're getting healthy and hold the last couple of games, but, They've really been on a, a winning tear there. Uh, they didn't really make any, you know, big moves at the trade deadline, but, you know, they're healthy and whole, bringing back Evan Mobley and Darius Garland. 
to their mix. And uh, with their recent winning streak, they moved up to the uh, number two seed in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, those two teams, you know, will be extremely tough, uh, extremely tough outs uh, in the playoffs, you know, uh, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, another, you know, trade, you know, for a team that's a, a serious playoff team, a, a potential title contending team uh, that made a move yesterday were the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they traded for P.J. Washington from Charlotte, who I think would be a good fit there. It's uh, averaging 13 points, five rebounds on 44 percent shooting from the field. Not really great numbers from the three shooting at 32 percent, but he's going to be used a little bit differently in Dallas than he was in Charlotte. He's going to have a lot more space to play in and a lot more open shots to take playing alongside uh, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, who got a win last night in New York, uh, 122-108 against the Knicks. Um, so he's a, uh, your typical four man in today's game. Uh, pretty good size on him. Uh, young, athletic, uh, you know, capable of shooting the three. So I think that his, uh, his floor will be raised, you know, playing with, alongside those two. You know, superstar players getting a lot more open shots. So I would expect his uh, efficiency, you know, to improve as they would expect it for it to improve, you know, since they made the trade for him. And he was rumored, you know, to go to a, quite a few different teams. I know I've seen some rumors out there. Not sure how true they were or not, you know, that the Clippers might have been interested in them, um, as well as some other teams. But this is a good spot for him to land, you know, with Dallas. They get, need some more young, athletic, you know, uh, players. You know, that can play alongside, uh, uh, Luca and Kyrie. Uh, they sent Grant Williams, Seth Curry, uh, a couple other players, you know, back to Charlotte. And, you know, rumors coming out in, uh, Dallas that, you know, Grant Williams, uh, really wasn't, you know, that great of a fit, uh, in the locker room. He was, uh, rubbing, you know, uh, rubbing teammates, you know, the wrong way. And, um, you know, his play, you know, he was traded. He was traded for in the offseason and to, you know, bring some defense you know, to the team as well as some, uh, like a three and D player. But, um, the defensive side, he hasn't been able to hold up his bargain consistently enough. And, uh, they, you know, find a better, a younger piece in, uh, PJ Washington. So hopefully he works out there for them in Dallas. Uh, the Celtics, they made like a minor trade, uh, you know, for them. They bring in a big man out of Memphis, uh, Xavier Tillman. Uh, he, you know, he was typically the third, you know, uh, the third string center. But because Memphis has suffered so many injuries over the last couple of seasons, Stephen Adams being out, Brandon Clark being out, uh, he played a lot and, uh, he shows some, some good spurts. And I think that he'll play a, a pretty, um, impactful role for the Celtics, um, being a backup big there. Uh, they were using, you know, Luke Cornett a lot. You know, I would, I would anticipate that, you know, he would take the place of Luke Cornett and play behind, uh, Christoph Porzingis. And, uh, Al Horford, and he'll be in that rotation and he'll be able to, uh, you know, spare Al Horford's body, you know, coming down the stretch here, you know, to close out the all-star break and be and have, you know, Horford, you know, being as fresh as he can, you know, heading into the playoffs. So, uh, Tillman, not really going to speak too much on his numbers because he's not going to be expected to put up, you know, big numbers consistently in Boston, but just his impact, you know, to, to play, you know, a solid basketball and keep Al Horford fresh, you know, down the stretch here going into the playoffs here. So uh, there may be in some situations where he may, you know, start, you know, he does have starting experience just to kind of, kind of, you know, try to spare those guys' bodies as they look to, uh, you know, wrap up, 
you know, the number one seed, you know, coming, you know, down the stretch here, uh, once they come out of the other side of the all-star break, you know, for the Boston Celtics. So there's a solid move made for them. Uh, the Sixers, I liked, I liked the move that the Sixers made trading for Buddy Hill, you know, from Indiana. I know he's only averaging, you know, 12 points, three, re- three rebounds and two assists, but he's having, you know, one of his most, uh, efficient, you know, shooting years, shooting 40, 44% from the field, 38% from three and 84% from the free throw line. And he's shooting, you know, about seven threes a, a game. And, you know, he's also been a player that's been in rumors for the last, Two, two and a half years, you know, for trade rumors and others, the Lakers were sniffing around him a lot, you know, over the last two seasons, but he ends up going to Philly. And, you know, I was talking a lot about, you know, this, the leading up to the trade deadline, you know, that the Sixers should make a move for Zach Levine. But obviously, you know, with the recent news for Zach, for Zach Levine opting to have, you know, season ending, you know, foot surgery, um, you know, he, nobody was going to trade for him this year. Uh, expecting them to be in the lineup and contribute. So uh, the Sixers go to the the next best thing on the board for them and trading for a guy like Buddy Hill. And he, um, I would say he automatically becomes, you know, the best shooter on the team. Uh, you know, Tyrese Maxey, you know, probably, you know, second, you know, that, you know, has a above league average three-point percentage while taking, you know, close to seven threes a game. I think he takes like six. And, you know, with the, the recent, you know, news of Joel Embiid being out expected to be for at least a month, um, I think this, you know, opens up the court, you know, a lot more for a guy like Tyrese Maxey. You know, they do have some other shooters on the team, you know, like, you know, Tobias Harris and uh, Kelly Oubre. But those guys take, you know, about four threes. Well, Kelly Oubre takes about three or four threes a game. And Tobias Harris takes about two to three threes per game. But bringing in a guy like Buddy Hill, you know, you really have to worry about where he is on the floor at all times because he can let it go as uh, over the last five years or so. The only three point shooter that's been better, you know, than Buddy Hill is Steph Curry when it comes to, you know, attempts taken and a field and a three point percentage, you know, combining those two stats. You know, the only guy that's been better has been has been uh, Steph Curry. And, you know, he may have taken a little bit more threes. Uh, over the last three or five years or so, then Steph Curry. But when it comes to a percentage standpoint, the only guy that he's trailing is Steph. So um, I like the move here, you know, to you know try to open up the floor offensively, uh, you know, for, you know, Tyrese Maxey and uh, fit in there, you know, with the other guys on the team while Joel Embiid is out. But, you know, at, at, any, at any point this season, you know, when Joel Embiid comes, ba- uh, comes back, and he could remain healthy for the rest of the season. I know that's a big if and a big ask, given Joel Embiid's, you know, you know, uh, history, you know, with injuries. But if he were to able to come back and be healthy for the rest of this year, you know, I think this would be a um, a solid move, you know, that would pay off for them come playoff time, and they, you know, could really, uh, you know, make them better, you know, than than uh, the Milwaukee Bucks because they have they still have a lot of issues on the defensive end and they didn't really make any big moves there, you know, at the deadline to improve uh, their defense. So um, I like that move by the Sixers uh, and the Thunder. They also made a, a solid move. Uh, they trade for Gordon Hayward out of Charlotte. He was averaging 14 points, four rebounds, four assists this year on 46% shooting, 36% shooting, 36% shooting from three and 76% from the free throw line. Now I thought I might've thought that the Thunder 
would have been in the market, you know, to get like a, a really solid, you know, true big. Uh, I got like an Andre Drummond from the Chicago Bulls, but he's staying in Chicago. And uh, uh, another guy I thought there would have been after would have been like a Nick Claxton for the Brooklyn Nets. But he's staying put as well. But you know, this is a solid move for the Thunder. They bring in another proven veteran wing player in Gordon Hayward. And when you look at the core of their team, just speaking on the scoring threats, you know, like Shea Gilgis Alexander, Jalen Williams, and Chet Holmgren, you know, he can, he adds to that. He gives them a really solid and consistent fourth scoring option. Um, just hoping, hoping for their sake, you know, he can stay healthy and, um, you know, uh, be a contributing player for them down the stretch. And he already adds, you know, to the core that they have there with, uh, Lou Dort, uh, Josh Giddy. Uh, Isaiah Joe and uh, the other Jalen Williams, you know, the, the, the big man or their big man, you know, from Alabama. So the Thunder, you know, they still have a, a, a lot of picks that they'll be able to work with. And uh, a lot of, you know, um, not too many players are, you know, making, you know, big money to put them in a, that tax threshold. So another solid move for Sam Presti. And uh, they're going to, they're going to be a team that you have to pay a lot of attention to come, you know, postseason uh, as they're having a great regular season already, obviously. So well, that'll wrap up, you know, my, you know, top five, you know, trades that stood out to me. There are some other ones that stood out there, but like I said, a lot of them was just to, you know, uh, for, you know, uh, money reasons, you know, for teams to stay under the cap or get off guys, uh, you know, that had, you know, multiple years on their contract, you know, have some expiring contracts and things like that. But, now, these were the five, you know, top trades for me, you know, from uh, contending teams to try to improve their rosters. And uh, we'll just see how, you know, see how it plays out. But I think that, you know, trade that the Sixers may have the potential to be a lot better than what it is now. But it also all depends on, you know, Joel Embiid's health. But, you know, right now I would have to say that the Knicks, you know, won this trade deadline, you know, as they they already made a trade before the deadline, bringing in OG and Anobi and they follow it up with a really solid, you know, trade like this, bringing in Bogdanovich and Alec Burks from, uh, uh, you know, from Detroit, you know, to, to improve their depth. So you know, that wraps up, you know, the trade deadline talk. And you know, let's move over to recapping some of the action you know, that we saw last night on the floor uh, on Thursday. And uh, the best bet that we were on, you know, gave out the Warriors uh, plus six and a half. They beat the Pacers. This was pretty much a wire to wire win at 131-109. Uh, Steph Curry, he goes off for 42 points, uh, 11 to 16 from the three, which is a season high for him and makes. And, you know, uh, Buddy Hill was not available to play in this game, obviously. And uh, the Warriors, you know, I really like what I've seen from them in the last, um, you know, week, week and a half or so. Um, they've getting a solid play from their defense. And they've also had the emergence of a young star in uh, Jonathan Kaminga, who's a uh, giving them new life in a, in a, in another, and another consistent weapon, you know, to uh, throw at defenses that they don't have to just key in and lock in so much on Steph Curry, uh, Clay Thompson. He was a late scratch in this one dealing with an illness, but you know, they get the solid win there, you know, from wire to wire. And, uh, uh, the Warriors would be a team that I would look to make, you know, some big noise, you know, coming out of, uh, you know, coming out of the all-star break, uh, T wolves, you know, they get the win over the bucks laying two and a half, uh, 129, 105, the Bucks, uh, they were without Dame and Chris Middleton and they moved to one and five under Doc Rivers. So not a great start, you know, to the Doc Rivers era. 
uh, in Milwaukee. So we'll look to see if they can turn it around uh, as the all-star break is approaching. The Mavs, like I mentioned earlier, they beat the Knicks. You know, they were laying six points, you know, uh, 122 to 108. Jalen Brunson was a late scratch, so that's why you see the number jumped up so high for, you know, uh, with Dallas laying the points. But, you know, they get the win and the cover there. And the Nuggets, they ruined, you know, Kobe Knight as the the uh, statue of Kobe was unveiled yesterday. It was Kobe Day on 2-8-24. Uh, but the Nuggets, they spoiled that, you know, for the Lakers uh, laying three points. You know, they get the win over there, uh, over um, over L.A., you know, 114-106, led by uh, Nikola Jokic and um, Jamal Murray. And that makes it uh, seven straight wins, you know, for the Nuggets over the Lakers there. So, uh, that wraps up the Thursday action that stood out and took place. Let's jump right right in, you know, to the Friday card. You know, we have a best bet and um, pretty solid card here. Uh, but my best bet is going to come out, you know, going back to L.A. Um, I'm taking the Pelicans. Um, you know, I got it at, you know, laying two points overnight. You know, I was waiting a little bit because uh, Zion Williamson uh, was – is on the injury report as well as uh, Jonas Valanciunas, but you know the they opened up as a one point one and a half point underdog, and they've moved to a two two and a half point favorite. So, to me, this this would imply you know that Zion Williamson would be available to play. Not so sure about Jonas Valanciunas, but if he doesn't, they have a solid replacement to step in in uh in Larry Nance uh, Jr. Uh, if Valanciunas isn't able to go, so. Uh, I still went with the Pelicans here. Uh, you can even look to play them on the money line, but I lay, I got it at two, so I'm laying the two with New Orleans. You know, the Lakers, they're on the second end of a back-to-back. And uh, this season, you know, they're one of the worst teams, you know, on the second night of a back-to-back. They're just two and six straight up, but uh, a league worse, you know, one and seven against the spread. Um, and then in this spot, you know, they have an average margin of victory of minus 9.8 points per game. And, uh, I think the Pelicans are just, you know, uh, playing a lot better basketball than them right now as they are, you know, four and one straight up over their last five games and uh, also four and one uh, ATS over their last five. Now, the Lakers, they're three and two straight up, but they're just two and three against the spread over the over the same span. So uh, Lakers, I mean, the uh, the the Pelicans, they um, their last game, they just took it to the Clippers, who is returning from their Grammy trip. Um and they won, you know, 117-106. And I think that they continue, you know, their uh have a good run for their LA trip as they look to take out the Lakers, you know, tonight, who's in, you know, their worst in their worst spot, you know, of the season on the second end of a back to back. So, you know, my numbers project for a a, a Pelicans win, you know, by five point two seven points. So even though they move from a, a small, you know, dog to a small favorite. I think there's still value in, you know, either laying the two, two and a half or even looking to play them just on the money line. So uh, that's the best bet that I'm on tonight. We're going with the Pelicans minus two uh, over the Lakers. Consensus number right now is about two and a half. So uh, so that with that being said, guys, you know, that's going to wrap up the show. I know I've talked a lot about, you know, the NBA, but just some quick news about the Super Bowl still trending in the in the direction of. A lot of the tickets are coming in on, you know, the Chiefs, but the bigger bets, uh, the sharper bets are coming in on the 49ers money line to win. I think about just every, you know, big bet that I've seen come in, 
you know, on this game, you know, has been all on the 49ers. So uh, I think that's, you know, a sharp play. I think the 49ers are the sharp side while the Chiefs are the public side. And everybody that I've heard, you know, talk about this game, you know, from a media standpoint, whether it be through ESPN or the VEASAN network, a uh, majority of them are, are taking the Chiefs as well. So uh, I think, you know, like I said before in the last show, I think that the Niners will come out and win. We already gave up the five Super Bowl picks, you know, the, that I'm on. You know, I'll just repeat them here since, since it's the uh, last uh, since it's the last, you know, uh, the, the weekend heading into the Super Bowl, uh, we're, we're on the Niners, you know, money line to win the game outright. The under 47 and a half, Christian McCaffrey, you know, rush attempts over 18 and a half. Uh, Christian McCaffrey over, uh, rushing plus receiving yards combined, uh, 120, uh, 129 and a half. And the exact score to be 49ers 24, Chiefs 17. So, those are my five best bets for the Super Bowl. And let's look to uh, go into the weekend with some extra cash here. Cashing the Pelicans tonight over the Lakers, laying two, two and a half points. So uh, with that being said, guys, that's going to wrap up the show. Wish you guys best of luck. You know, let's uh, cash some tickets tonight in the NBA. Let's have a big day, uh, you know, for Super Bowl Sunday. So wish you guys best of luck. Appreciate you tuning in. And I will catch up with you guys next week on Monday.